with reverence to the Buddha, my teacher. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasamputasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato younger, uh, I heard this story that some people say came from Tibet, some people say came from China, some people say came from India, maybe we could say comes from the American wild, wild west. <laughs> this is the story of uh, Mr. Ma and, and the horse. In Chinese, Ma is also horse. <laughs> Mr. Ma's horse, the horseman's horse. Uh, so there was uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ma, and they lived out in the countryside. Small town could have been like, uh, what is it? Mm, small town up north of here. Uh, there's a small town named Kenyon. I'll say like Kenyon. They lived in a small town. And uh, then they, they married and they thought about uh, like what they were going to do and made the plan for their livelihood. And uh, so then uh, they, thought to, uh, they thought to get a horse. Yes. And uh, they had a son young boy, and the son, son started to grow up, and um, mm, how did the story go? There are many ways that it's told, with the little kinds of twists and turns to it. Um, so they were there living in the village, and um, they had the son, and also, uh, also they got the horse. And um, so, then, what is it? The son then at some time went to try to uh, work with the horse, and the son was injured working with the horse, doing something with the horse, and broke his leg. Yeah? So people said about, uh, you know, they had the, the son, and they got the horse, and then the son was with the horse, and the son broke his leg. And then the, the son, having broken his leg, then couldn't do things around to take care of the horse and take care of his parents. Uh, as at that time, the children would, would care for their parents. 
so they had just the one son and then parents are getting older and then they couldn't couldn't take care of the parents so they said oh it's so unlucky people said oh bad luck bad luck son broke his leg bad luck right and um so then he was there and he was like laid up with the broken leg uh, in the house and um, then at that time like between areas there was some fighting and one army then came and they came into the town and they by force drafted all of the young men so not a volunteer draft uh, draft by force, as used to happen a lot, and still still happens. Inscription, conscription, uh, still still happens uh, in some places like that. I heard the the real life stories about this kind of thing happening. Uh, I know one friend from Colombia, living in the mountains, and the kind of local warlords came in and then like killed that friend's parents and then took that took that friend at gunpoint, also as a young, young man then, uh, like tween, maybe 12 or something, and took uh, to, to join them. And so still, these things happen place by place, time by time, around our world even now, although this is an old story. Yes. And so then they came, and the parents are too old uh, to be drafted, and then the son, uh, because of the broken leg, also couldn't go. So then they left, but they took the horse. <laughs> so some people in town said, Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> it's like you're the only you're the only one left <laughs> who has a son. <laughs> only one. And leg healed pretty quickly. And then it's like everybody else had lost their children. And only only Mr. Ma and Mrs. Ma had their son remaining, but they lost the horse. So then some other people said, oh, you're bad luck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> first that horse, you got the horse, first injured your son, and, and then they took your horse, and now you don't have anything. But Mr. Ma and the wife said, you know, we have our son. <laughs> and um, actually this story, now I just abbreviated and this story, in the long telling of it, I could go on for like a half an hour. I heard somebody tell it one time, maybe 45 minutes in length, with so many twists and turns, and it's like, lucky, unlucky, lucky, unlucky. And everybody says about each thing that happens, somebody thinks it's lucky, somebody thinks it's unlucky, right? And each part goes back and forth, back and forth, like this. And lucky, unlucky. <laughs> and uh, so... I was thinking about this because, uh, like, today is Friday the 13th. I knew it would be Friday the 13th on coming here. Some people think like black cat or walk under the ladder or Friday the 13th or, or this kind of thing. I don't know for Thai culture or for, for Sri Lankan culture or for um, Bangladesh culture uh, or for Mexican culture or even for these things that are like part of Euro-American culture, but we all mixed in this together. Yes, so you might have heard of Friday the 13th, it's unlucky. <laughs> uh, kind of like Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and this kind of thing, but just thinking. And sometimes when we think 
when we think strongly like that, then also fear can come up, and then also it can change our mind, like looking for the unlucky things. And like if somebody stops in front of me in the stoplight and I want it to be first, then oh, because it's Friday the 13th, my unlucky day. And <laughs> like any kind of thing that happens, if we have this in our mind, then we can look at it right. It's an unlucky day. And because of that, unlucky. Yeah? And uh, how, how our mind is like that. Or you see if the person is in love, then like everything that happens is like stars and roses, you know? Even, even somebody crashes into their car like, ah, I love you! <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Don't worry about it! <laughs> oh, why? Why are you like that? Because I'm in love, you know? <laughs> right? Stars and rainbows. And so it's like what is in our own mind is coloring our experience and our, our response. Yes? how we're perceiving, how we're responding, our own state of mind. So if we didn't sleep well and we woke up on the wrong side of the bed and then we, we t- went to put milk on our cereal and it was curdled and then, and then, and then, and then somebody had scratched our car and then like, <laughs> and somebody even says, hi, how are you today? <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> and, and, and then they ask somebody, what did she say to you? That person, you know, <laughs> always saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. <laughs> what did they say? They said hello. <laughs> what, what was wrong with that? If I'm in a bad mood, you know, they should know not to say hello to me when I'm like this. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, because our own, our own mind, yes, our, our perception, how we're perceiving, how we're perceiving the experience, and uh, whether that seems fortunate or unfortunate. Uh, coming back to, that story is like that, coming back to our point of view, our own mind, yes? And this view is like right at the top of the Noble Eightfold Path. So for our mind, our speech, our action, our livelihood, means how we're living our life. For all, all of that, even our effort, how we apply ourselves, yes, what we're attentive to, what we focus our mind on, all of that, all of that, the what and the how of it, all of that has to do with connected to our view, how we're seeing how we're seeing what's going on, how we're perceiving it, how we understand, or like the kind of framework for, or, or paradigm for our understanding. So if our view is like, this life is a waste, I'm good for nothing, and everybody else is good for nothing also, everything's going to hell, <laughs> this kind of thing. Oh, I heard like that. I heard people say like that so many times, how many times, yes? And then that, that idea, ideology, that, that idea then colors all of, our, all of our experience. You know, all of us here, we're in the same room together, and yet all of us is feeling, perceiving, experiencing this differently, differently. And it doesn't stop anywhere, flowing moment by moment, so also that, that changes. Yes, time by time, so like good day, bad day, or bad morning, but good now. You know, the day has changed. 
what's changed? My mind has changed. And then because of that, my thinking has changed, my mood has changed, how I'm speaking, how I'm acting, how I'm attentive to the things, how I'm applying my mind. All of that has changed, right? All of that has changed. And this is something that doesn't just... Yes, it can just happen naturally, and we could just observe the kind of natural flow of experience, but also we can take a decision. We have choice. We can choose what kind of views we have about things. I can choose to develop a negative attitude. And like, intentionally, look at the dark side, look at the bad side, <laughs> look at what is dark, what is difficult, what is negative, what's bad, what's wrong, by my choice. We can, can do, can do like that, yes? Also we can choose to look at the bright side by our choice. And choosing to see the bright side, the good side, the goodness in myself, the goodness in others, and to be responsive, to be aware, and to be responsive to that. Also, we can choose. Yes? Choice. It's possible with our mindfulness to make kind of choice in that way. And then that choice that we make has its own effects. It's like the river is just flowing naturally according to its nature, right? But if you put the channel, it will go the way of the channel. If you put the block, it will be blocked. If you open, it will become open. If you drop the stone, the ripples will come out like that. This is causation. This is cause and effect. By our choice, we can choose to do all of these things. If something is harmful, if something is negative, if we wish, we can choose to put the block, to put the stop right there in our mind. Yes? I'll tell you another old story. I think this one is Buddhist and comes from a Buddhist, Buddhist lifetime and I really like this one. Uh, this one is about the novice, uh, novice Sumana. Yes? About the same age as the Buddha when he had the insight, his insight underneath the rose apple tree. Um, so Sumana became a novice at a young age and then experienced a lot of difficulty coming into Buddhist monastic life at such a young age and like wasn't, wasn't getting along so very well with it, although he had come in with faith in and became a student of the noble Sariputta, like foremost in wisdom of the Buddha's bhikkhu disciples, yes? And still he was struggling, he was having a hard time, and he thought that he had better than better go home and be back with his friends again and play and enjoy himself, eat good food and have the care of his parents. And even though he had this strong faith, it had come forth. And so he got this idea and then he talked to the venerable, the noble Sariputta about it. And the noble Sariputta said, why don't you go talk to the Buddha about it first? So he went to talk to the Buddha. And the Buddha agreed to see him, even though we think there are a lot of members of the Sangha at that time. And so the Buddha saw him, and then the Buddha asked him, you know, Sumana, when you go walking uh, through the fields to go out on the alms round each day like this, 
Someone asked, did you ever see the farmers with their fields? Now, for those who have been in Asia, or those who have been out in the countryside here, the fields, at least the old style, before these amazing sprinkler systems, um, fields are they're the channels of water in the fields. And they're also the places to walk, like a little bit raised up. So there's the channel for the water and the raised place for walking. And so they would walk to go for Pindapat, some place like to walk through the field like that, to go into the to go into the town for alms round. So he could see those channels. And the farmer will, at the right time, like open the channel for the water to go into the right field at the right time. And then that water floods and nourishes that field. And then when it's enough, then we'll close that channel. And we'll open up the channel of water to go into another field, right? So he said, Sumana, have you seen how the farmer channels the water? into the fields. Have you seen how they do that? And he said, yes, well, I, I think I've seen it. And I have kind of an idea. He said, Sumana, like this we channel our mind. Like this we channel our mind. Sumana, when you go out for the alms round, look, observe how the farmer channels the water in the fields. Know your mind like this. So then Sumana, the next day, Sumana went to sit down then. He had learned from the Venerable Sariputta, if you heard some Dharma, and especially he told him this Dharma that you heard from the Buddha, you should really try to remember this. Really try to remember it. So as the Buddhist monks were instructed, it's like the Dharma that you heard that day, remember again that evening. And then deliberately, remember again that evening and then the next morning deliberately remember again so it doesn't get lost so that demo will go deep deep into your memory and you can gain the maximum benefit from it so that it's good for you for a long time so it's not wasted on you yes so then the next morning then Sumana remembered that night he remembered what the Buddha said he thought about it he remembered it then he woke up the next morning, he thought about it, he remembered it. Then he put on his robe and took his alms bowl, and then he went to walk along the field, along the pathway along the field, and looked at how the water was channeled. And as he was looking attentively, remembering, his mindfulness is strong, yes, then he saw the farmer with one field opening up the channel to go water channel to go into that field and saw the water flood in there. And then as he walked along a little bit further on the other side, then he saw the farmer closing off the channel to the other field that was already full. And he understood what Buddha taught. Clearly, surely, deeply. And he realized his own ability to do exactly that. For whatever is unwholesome, unhealthy, unbeneficial, not useful, not well, just there, close that channel. Surely, clearly. And for what was wholesome, beneficial, helpful, open 
Open that one. Let it come in. Thoroughly drench. Dhamma is compared to water sometimes. Like to drench body, body and mind. Thoroughly, to thoroughly saturate. So that there is no part in that field that is not uh, thoroughly drenched, saturated by that, by that water. The wise farmer will rotate so that each field, in this case for our mind, we would say in modern language, each aspect of our psyche, in our body, each part of the body, that no, no part of the body is left unattended to, the place where Kilaes is gathered, holding pattern of old hurts and ills and dramas, no place left like that, released, relaxed, opened, yes? wherever it might be, in the guts, in the neck, in the chest, in the jaws, in the shoulders, in the hips, on top of the head, I heard somebody put stress right on top of the head, <laughs> on the shoulders, <laughs> oh, wherever, wherever that might be, no, no field that's left uncared for, unattended, like that. That uh, good, good dhamma goes into every, every place like this. Uh, for Sumana at that time, as he understood that deeply, it's like he saw that and he accomplished it. Right then, at the same time. Then he became quite famous because he's like an eight-year-old boy who became an arahanta. <laughs> then that day he came back from alms round and Noble Sariputta, Noble Sariputta then has asked him about, are you still feeling like living monastic life? He said, no. Notice something different about him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then the other novices had to be given instruction by the elder monks. Don't, don't do things to Sumana like, like how you used to, like like playing torture each other, this kind of thing. So you shouldn't, shouldn't try to do that to Sumana anymore. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't try to involve him in the same way with these things, uh, with these things anymore, because Sumana, uh, like, we can mature as a human being at different ages. Yes. Sometimes the young ones become wise, young. Sometimes we become quite old and still is kind of like a child. <laughs> kind of foolish, or we say like immature, yes? Uh, I know I saw some, sometimes, uh, maybe in the United, maybe in Asia you can't joke like this, but in the United States sometimes people joked about their grandparents. It like, seems like a child. <laughs> and, uh, like, like that, yes? Uh, but my meaning is not, not to disrespect the elder ones, but just that maturity, wisdom, can come from the inside at any time in our life, no matter what our age is. Yes. So Sumana saw this very deeply, and that made for right view. Sumana got right view from that. Out of right view, very easy for 
how we use our mind to come rightly. Out of that arises how we use our speech. Out of that arises how we use the body, bodily actions. Out of that arises those actions form our life and how we choose to live our life, the way that we choose to live our life. Yes? The effort that we make, how we attend, how we attend to the things arises from that. What we focus our mind on, how we focus our mind arises from that. So in the Dhamma wheel, uh, this is right at the very core, right at the very center on the wheel. What's the very center part called? Hub. Hub or axle? The axle. This is the axle. Mindfulness. That mindfulness then is considered the hub. Is it the spoke or the hub or the axle? Spokes are... Right view is through the center. Goes through the center. Not the part around it, but the part that goes through. Axle. Axle. Right view is the axle. Means all the rest turns around that. Yes? And this part, this part is equated then with the mindfulness. Yes? Because actually, for every one of the folds of the Noble Eightfold Path, the right view, the view is a key. Everything turns around it. The mindfulness is also right there together with that. And the wheel outside, or rim, the rim of the wheel, maybe we should say the tire, means the place of contact where, where there is the turning at the contact, place of contact, that one is right effort. I know you've seen it with like this, each one is a spoke, but there's the way that it's also explained like that with right view going, penetrating right, right the center with everything else turning turning around that right view. And this is very important, so focusing on, focusing on view. And view not just happening accidentally, not just happening just according to the conditions that, what is it, of course according to conditions, but not just like as if we had no choice, as if we had no ability with that. The one who sees like that, who thinks like that, says being swept away by the flood of karma. Just floundering <laughs> or, or whatever, <laughs> yes. Uh, but swept away by the flood of karma. Just like the conditions are there, but can't do anything. Can't do anything about it. No choice. Yes. But for who has right view, then they know and with the mindfulness, takes the mindfulness to see with the knowing, yes? Then they know each moment, each moment in how I see and how I respond, each moment I have choice. I can choose negative, I can choose positive, I can choose what's liberating, what's freeing, what is just 
clear. Yes? So the Buddha, in mentioning these three things, the negative route, the positive route, the liberating route, like in Ovada Padimokha, mentioned, what is it? Sapapapasa akaranang kusala supasampada. Avoid the negative. Do the positive. And purify. Sachitta pariyoda. Ah, purify the mind. Take the that route of purifying the mind. But in fact, that purifying the mind is completely important to be able to distinguish which is the helpful, wholesome, beneficial, and which is not. The clearing, the clearing of our mind, the calming, calming and balancing of our mind is essential to be able to know that for ourselves, to see and know that for ourselves rightly in this circumstance as it is right now. We can get that from theory, from the outside, right? We heard, oh, lying is a problem, so like, shouldn't lie, should tell the truth. And, but how do I match that with this current circumstance, right, right now? What is wise to do right now, to speak or not to speak? I should tell the truth, but how do I know? Is it beneficial or not? Right speech is supposed to be not only true, but also beneficial. How do I know? For that, the clearing, clearing and balancing of the mind is so important. So this is like for samatha and vipassana, for the calm balancing of the mind and for insight to see and know for ourselves. That's to see and know causation to know what's beneficial or not. For Vivian, like if I say what kind of thing, what kind of response will there be? Yes? I have to know properly, because if I say the same thing to Kim, she won't respond in the same way, because unique conditions are there. And even if I say that to Kim today, tomorrow she's a different person. (laughs) Something similar, but also tomorrow is not the same as today. And so if I say the same thing to her tomorrow, it might, it might be right right now, but not right tomorrow, especially if tomorrow is late. <laughs> and today it's on time. <laughs> right? So matching time, place, person. Also for ourself. What's right to do right now for myself, for the things that I know that are good, that are helpful, that are wholesome, what was right to do earlier this morning under different circumstances and what's right to do right now may be the same, may be different. Rightly matching time, place, and person for ourselves as well. Yes? For this, what we close, what we open. Right? If we're too agitated, it's right to calm down. If we're too drowsy, we calm down. Not going to help. <laughs> so to match, it's very simple actually, but just to match the circumstance. But this regularly clearing, balancing, stabilizing your mind, 
makes for this ability also to see causation more clearly, development of mindfulness, to be able to see from moment to moment to moment what is the cause and effect for that sound that happened. What was the effect on the body? What was the effect on the breath? For that thought that I just had, what was the effect on the body? Is it healthy and wholesome or not? Is it making me tense? Stressful? Or is it having a helpful, helpful effect? My own thoughts, yes? Now, scientists were just, just some newly released evidence about the nocebo effect. Everyone's heard of placebo? Placebo is where you give the, the drug that's no drug. And uh, tell the people that there will be benefit from it, that it's useful medicine, and they get the beneficial effect by the power of their mind. Works for quite a few people, not for everybody. Not all conditions, but, but quite a lot. Enough to really be a, a, a scientifically studied phenomena, kind of proven phenomena, yes? Nocebo effect is also there. Nocebo effect, now you'd think, oh, it's the dark scientist studying the nocebo effect. You, you tell people the false things <laughs> that, that aren't true, but with the authority of a doctor and see what happens as compared to the uh, control group. And sure enough, those people can get sick. Those people's condition can get worse. Even truly there is nothing wrong. But they get worse. Even, even, when I was younger, when I was studying medicine in school as a university student, before entering into monastic life, this part fascinated me. Part of what got me into meditating more deeply and really interested in this way. Because in medicine, there are the statistics there were at that time of people who died due to false diagnosis. In more than 10,000 a year in the United States at that time. Seems scary. Like people will make the lawsuit about this sometimes. That means. Accidentally, people who didn't have a medical problem were given the wrong results and they were given diagnosis and they got very sick where they passed away. They were the ones who passed away. Yes? And I was fascinated about that. I thought, how can that happen? How can that be so? Then also the people who've got the wrong, wrong test results, wrong diagnosis, and then they, like, they do good with that. <laughs> yes. And then find out it's the wrong one, and then they die. There are a certain number of people like that, especially with cancer. Yes. I thought, wow, the mind is so powerful like that. It's just the thought, just the thinking. Wow, our life and death. How amazing! How is that? Not to mention just whether we're happy or unhappy, stressful or not stressful, relationships with the other people. Think just that idea. And then how much stress and sorrow for how many family members and friends and just came from a wrong idea, you know? So the Buddha said that mind is the leader. Mind is the forerunner, right? Not that mind is 100% everything. 
but forerunner, leader in all kind of uh, all kinds of states. Everything that we experience, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had any experience that was not via your own mind, in your own mind? We talk about out-of-body experiences, now I'm talking about an out-of-mind experience. I don't mean out-of-mind like crazy, I mean... So, <laughs> so lots of people have, quite a lot of people have out-of-body experiences, but you can't find almost anybody who has the out-of-mind experience. How would you know? How would you know, right? Because we know how it's right. <laughs> Unconscious. <laughs> sure, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening at the time. <laughs> when I came back to awareness, then, you know, the awareness mind, that's, that's the ground. That's the ground of our experience. We don't know anything outside of that. Yes? In, in Buddhist technical terminology, Perception and consciousness. Yes? When perception and consciousness end in deep meditation, it's like shutting down the mainframe and reboot the whole thing. <laughs> yes? Nirodha samapati means the experience of the person becoming the arahanta. It's like temporarily close down everything and revert to the original program, and it's part of the experience of complete, complete enlightenment. Yes from which there's like no, no coming back. Uh, means change deeply forever. Yeah? So that one temporarily, what is it? No consciousness, no, no perception. Or also some people have this experience through deep, deep meditation, temporary cessation of perception non-perception, they may have that experience. But you might think, oh, that's nice. Why is that important to me? If we come back out of it, because mind is the ground. Our own mind is the ground of our experience. And the quality of our mind, how we experience, how we experience, is not just random. It's not just to be carried away by a flood of karma but our own view and our own choice about our view, the direction that our view takes is within our power to choose. We can make choice about that. And the water stream of our consciousness, of our perception, we'd say stream of our life, streaming of, streaming of mind, streaming of consciousness, that flows accordingly. That part is nature, that part is cause and effect, yes. So, when we choose greater awareness, when we choose to encourage others in greater awareness, that's opening up that avenue, that possibility. We open it up, we keep that open, keep that clear in ourselves. Stream of our mind, our consciousness. If we choose the bright way, choose the clear way, no. Uh, is it Star Wars that has the dark side? Mm -hmm. yes. Star Wars? 
2,600 years ago in the Buddha's lifetime, also the Buddha talked about like going over to the dark side in Pali. <laughs> there is this expression, right? <laughs> the dark side, the bright side, the clear side. And uh, also said, <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Kim, Vivian, Brenda, M, don't go to the dark side. <laughs> Stay away from the dark side. Just number one, Stay away from the dark side. <laughs> Don't go that way. If you go that way, only, only like an investigator, just not to indulge, not to get carried away, but only to see, to know, to learn about that. For your knowledge, for gaining your skill, your wisdom, you have to have some strength to do that. Otherwise, it's like if you're going to be a fisherman, fisherwoman, sit on the bank. If your seat is not steady, when you catch the fish, then the fish will pull you in the water and go. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, did you catch the fish or did the fish, fish catch you? <laughs> you're all alone by the fish. <laughs> ah! <laughs> what happened? You have to have your seat. Ah, steady and well-grounded to do that kind of thing. If you would do that kind of thing, first make your base. Make your base clear, steady and strong. Then you can open up to see. But don't go farther, then you lose your base. If you start to lose your base, come back. Yes? Not out beyond where you will, where you will lose that, get lost, get swept away, because harm will come to you. Harm comes to you. You are loved by other people. Every single one in here I know loved by the other people. If harm comes to you, also they'll feel harm. Also they'll feel pain and suffering. So you do for those you love, including yourself, for yourself, for your own welfare. So make your base stable, steady, strong. Yes? And from there you can do that. Part of the base is to establish yourself in goodness. Yes. Kindness. Deep practice of kindness. Practice random acts of loving kindness on the freeway, in the grocery store, on the telephone, with your friends and family, with those people that you don't like, who normally you would be like, ah, oh, something. Then, one day, Change. Be kind to them. Surprise them. They may feel the effect, but for you, because your mind and body are the ground of your experience of your life, that changes you. It changes you. It makes your ground of experience more happy, better quality. Yeah? And in terms of having stability, mindfulness, loving-kindness, generosity, to be generous, to be kind, regular things that help make that base with your, with your mindfulness. It will make that base strong, strong and steady such that you can look clearly into the hard things, into the dark things, into the dukkha that is there, it is true. 
and not get lost, not get carried away. So you can have deep and penetrating insight into the true nature of reality, of your own body and mind in everything, everything, and not have the breakdown, but have the breakthrough, not the breakdown, yes? If that base is not there well, type of insight like that can make people crazy. Why? Because they get destabilized from that. If their own base, their own base in goodness, in merit, in virtue is not strong enough, they get destabilized, fall over, fall down. Yes? Opening in the mind, but it's like then to be able to integrate and hold that well. If that's not there, then it won't integrate and hold well. Just nature, that's just natural. So, these things, especially the kindness, compassion, appreciation, equanimity, call the four immeasurables, generosity, generosity, and uh, mindfulness, supportive, supportive things. You develop, develop, develop those and make your good solid base. Yes. Develop your calm, your samatha, with awareness. Makes the good, stable, solid, balanced, clear base for insight. Then you sit on the bank with your fishing pole and the water is very, very clear. Yes? Very clear. You can see down inside. You can see the surface. You can see above. That's like our mind. Like levels of, of perception. You can, you can see what's there. Clearly. Seeing and knowing that. Just the truth of the, how the things are. Just the actuality of things. Cleans up misconceptions. Cleans up misunderstandings. Cleans up delusion. Cleans up ignorance. And without ignorance in the mind, the things that are rooted in ignorance, that cloud and corrupt the mind, that make us hurt, that make us suffer, that inflict pain and suffering in our own lives and others' lives, they have no ground. No ground. No place to catch. So, I think this is like my offering for Friday the 13th, which Amity called Fortunate Friday. <laughs> and this is the way, this is the way of transformation, yes? Means what, what might seem or might even be commonly held in culture as unfortunate, how we how we see that clearly, brightly, positively, differently in the way that will work well for our own true meaning uh, to be happy, to be peaceful, to be well, for that to be so for our loved ones in our interrelationship with them, to be free. Like we live in the land of the free, 
to actually actually know that freedom ourselves, be able to live freely with one another. Thank you very much for this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.